The Power of 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that's going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational and real-life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 also symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. And we all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that really make us who we are. So as we depict periods of people's lives where 40 has played out, we learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Anna Katramberg, joined today by Alyssa, an American Olympic um, paratriathlete and gold medalist. You have an amazing story, and I'm so excited to talk to you today. Uh, Thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. So shortly after finding just your love for triathlons in college, you faced an unfortunate diagnosis, which um, led to your left leg being amputated below the knee in 2013. What was that moment like? It has, it seems like quite a pivotal moment in your journey. Um, for me, that was kind of the, I was, you know, after a few years of trials and tribulations. And so at that point, um, facing the amputation, it was really almost a point to step forward in my life. Um, you know, it had been five years of living through hospitalizations, medical procedures, doctor's office visits, um, day in and day out. And that was kind of the moment that I was able to reclaim my life and move forward again. That's inspiring because I feel like someone could take that moment and say almost the exact opposite, but it's really, really powerful that you thought of it kind of in the silver linings way. This challenge obviously never stopped you from doing what you loved. And then you went on to medal in six uh, six world grand finals and two Paralympic games. I mean, that's amazing. So obviously this was more of like a catapult into doing some incredible things in your life. Yeah. I, you know, I'd always, ever since I was a kid, I loved being active. And that was something that I really wanted in my life. And um, being faced with amputation, that was something I was new. I knew would be possible coming out the other side, which wasn't possible prior to it. And so, you know, as soon as I was able to, I was back walking, running, and then racing in triathlons again. So why triathlons? I mean, I, I think there's like the regular, like football, baseball, basketball, but triathlons is kind of unique. So what drove you to be interested in that? Also, your dog was so cute. <laughs> They just let themselves back in. I love it. wanted to be a part of this. I love it. Um, Yeah. So I grew up, you know, running, dancing, and doing all sorts of different activities. But triathlon really was, really caught my attention um, because at the time I was looking for a new challenge. And I had heard a little bit about triathlon. I hadn't rode a bike since I was probably in like fifth grade. Um, I grew up swimming, but not really competitively, just like the summer rec league. And I was a pretty accomplished runner. And so I was just looking for something new and something challenging and triathlon caught my eye and I gave it a chance um, and fell in love with it. That's pretty cool. I have to imagine some of these places have, some of these events have taken you to some pretty cool places. Do you have any favorites that stick out? Um, yeah, I've gotten to go some to some pretty incredible places. I just actually got back from Abu Dhabi earlier this week. Um, but I don't know, favorites. I think every place is unique in its own way. And I've been able to appreciate it and 
taken everything that culture and that individual unique opportunity has allowed me to. Um, but if I had to pick favorites, I'd probably, Japan is probably one of my favorites. Um, it was, I love Japan. That is so cool. I, I have to say, I've never been there. And I feel like a lot of people that will listen to this probably have never been there. So do you have any like favorite pieces of Japan that just stood out to you or, or the culture or, or why was it? Um, so you-, you know, with Japan, it was somewhere that was never really on my bucket list until yeah. I went. Um, but once I went it, I was just like in awe. Um, Japan is like amazingly clean, um, which is incredible considering, you know, I've been in its two largest cities the people are so friendly and were really excited to have us there and to show us their culture. I was able to meet the governor and he oh, wow. um, shared some of their culture with us. Uh, he took us to some dressmakers who taught us all about kimonos and dressed us in kimonos That's and awesome. the cultural importance of them. And, you know, I've just really fallen in love with like the people and the culture there. That's so neat. So let's talk about. I got to imagine not just physically, but mentally, it takes a lot to prepare for these triathlons. What do you do both physically and mentally to get ready for them? Um, I think physically and mentally, um, I kind of do this similar things. Um, you know, training is something that's pretty much seven days a week year round. Uh, I get days off here and there, but as a whole, I train most every day of the year in some way or another. And I have a great coach who kind of guides that. Um, for me, a lot of the mental aspects of the race come with confidence. And I've learned that I build confidence when I am consistent in what I'm doing when I know I've done everything I can to be the best athlete I can. Um, because at the end of the day, although it's amazing to win, it's not always about winning or losing. It's really about being as prepared as you can and showing up your best. And so I know if I've done everything I can in training and, um, with my recovery and eating and sleeping and all of that, that I know I'm going to show up my best that day. And that's all I can ask of myself. And that's how I really gain the confidence, um, to go out and perform, um, as a career. Has there ever been a time where you didn't feel like you gave it your all or didn't do it your best in that moment? Um, I don't think there's ever been a time I felt I didn't give it my best. There's definitely been times that, preparation wasn't ideal, um, either from injury or illness or some challenge kind of stood in the way and disrupted the training cycle and all of the things that build confidence. And, you know, there was one race in particular in 2021, I had the end of 2020 and into 2021, I was very sick and in the hospital in and out of the hospital for four and a half months and missed a lot of training, lost a lot of weight. And, um, going into that event, I I had to go if I wanted to compete for Tokyo, um, at the 2020 Paralympics. And so I showed up and I, you know, I had probably the worst, um, like imitation feelings. Like I felt like I didn't belong there and that I shouldn't be there. And, um, that's probably one of the most stressful events I've ever done. Um, looking back, I do think I gave it everything I had on that day, but the preparation was definitely not what I hoped it would have been. I think you speak to something that's probably so familiar to a lot of people. I know I've, I've experienced this, but it's like that feeling of imposter syndrome. Like 
I'm not good enough to be here. I, I'm not ready to be here. Um, but I feel like so often in life, it's you're never quite ready or you're never fully there, but it's like pushing yourself to those limits that really breaks those barriers and gives you the confidence to go to the next level. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. There's always going to be more that could be done in the future. There's always going to, you can always improve and get better. Um, But in that moment, you have to appreciate that you've done everything you've been able to do. You're already past the point of being able to, you can't go back and change time. So you just have to sit with where you're at and uh, appreciate it for what it is and um, be confident that you've done what you could to prepare at that moment. Absolutely. What was the process like getting to even be considered for the Paralympics? Because I have to imagine there's some sort of process to get that far even. Yeah. So um, it's a pretty, it can be a pretty confusing process. So um, generally speaking, you race um, in the country um, and you, if you start performing well, you can qualify for nationals. And then at nationals, you can Um, depending on how you perform there, you can earn something called, you can earn your elite card. You have to have your elite card to race internationally. Um, and then to race internationally, you start at like the lowest or lower level of the races, uh, typically a continental cup or a world cup. And then from there you can move into like the world series events and qualify for world championships. Um, and then from there you can qualify for the Paralympics. So it's a long process. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, you don't just show up to one race and then all that, all of a sudden find yourself there. Um, it's, you know, in the shortest amount of time, it's a few years. So. Wow. That's a lot. What advice would you give to someone who, um, you know, has a dream to maybe be there someday? Um, take that dream and really break it down into small and manageable goals. like. If you're just focused on this massive dream, it can seem impossible and you can miss kind of some of the fun process along the way. So break it down into smaller steps. And I know for me, it was like, I wanted to qualify for nationals. And then once I did that, like I wanted to qualify to race internationally. Once I did that, I wanted to win an event internationally. And once I did that, it was like, I wanted to qualify world championships. And so breaking it down into those like small, more manageable goals helps it feel less impossible and also helps you appreciate what, what you're accomplishing along the way. Speaking of goals, what's your next goal? Do you have, are you training for the next thing? Yeah. So I am training. I've had a bit of an off year. I had a few unexpected surgeries and, and some injuries to deal with. So I took kind of a year not racing, but I plan to be back racing in March. And then the next goal is to be able to defend the two gold medals I have in Paris in 2024. Oh, that is so exciting. Have you been to Paris before? I have not been to Paris yet. So I've been to France, but other areas. Okay. So, so very cool. I've never been, but I'm sure that is going to be a beautiful landscape to be in. And um, we're excited to watch your journey and see where it takes you next. Thank you. And just as we close out today and just reflect on the power 40 in our lives, maybe the trials we are going through or have overcome, I think that we understand in life will continue to experience kind of the good and the bad that life throws our way and find the silver linings in that. But 40 is also significant in regards to time. So if you had just 40 minutes to impact the world, where would you start and what would you say? If I had 40 minutes to impact the world, um, 
that's such a great question. I think you could look at, I could look at it two different ways. Um, but I think I would go with impacting the children. Um, they are our future. I love to spend time in schools, speaking, volunteering, um, and stuff like that. And really just leading them to show them that challenges and failures are not meant to stop them. They're just meant to help them along the way that we can grow, that it's okay to fail and we can still succeed after failure. That's so important. Um, I feel like if you're never trying, you're never going to fail and you just have to keep up and keep going um, because you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Right. So um, I think that's so true, but if, in society, especially, I feel like failure is looked at, looked down on so much. Um, but it's really those people that are actually trying to make something of themselves that experience failure once in a while. So it's it's actually sort of a blessing. Yes, everybody's going to fail. Um, but the way we perceive failure in society is very negative. And mm -hmm. especially now with social media and all these things where people are just broadcasting their successes day in and day out, yeah. it can be hard to see that the people who found the biggest success have had multiple failures on that path. And so trying to teach that failure is just a part of big journeys and big dreams and big goals um, is something I'm passionate about. That's so cool. I love that. Very, very awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Alyssa. I loved hearing just about your resilience and drive to make a difference in the world and uh, keep up the good work. And we are excited to see you achieve great new things in Paris. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. And for more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. You can also stream on your preferred streaming service.